For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Believe in Lions podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V, only on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, joined, as always, by the all-pro safety, the man who led the inter- led the league in interceptions, made a couple plays against the Minnesota Vikings back in his day as well. It's the one, the only, Glover Quinn. What's up? Not a whole lot. Just excited for this weekend. It, It's truly a playoff game for the Lions, isn't it, at this point? Oh, yeah, no question. The atmosphere, the, the stakes, what's that line, what's on the line. It's a playoff game. The Lions playoffs are starting right now, December, the whatever Sunday is going to be, 11th, right? 12th, whatever it's going to be. The playoffs are starting for the Detroit Lions, so the fans should know that, the players should know that, and I think they do. They'll be ready to go come Sunday. It's going to be loud, might even be louder than the Lions-Bills game I went to. The crowd's going to be into it, especially after the last time they faced. Lions, at the end of the game, blow it 28-24, to had the lead up until the final moments. But when I was looking back at that game, I didn't realize how much that game versus the Vikings changed the course of the Lions' season. Because that was the game we lost Tracy Walker to the torn Achilles. That yep. was the game Amon Ross St. Brown suffered his high ankle sprain. He only missed yep. one game, but he was not Amon Ross for a couple weeks. Right. DJ Shark didn't return until week 11. And DeAndre Swift didn't return until week 8. All from this game, all of our high-powered, high-flying offense took a hit. And you almost wonder, you can't go back and second-guess, but... In the alternate reality where the Lions stay healthy out of this game, you wonder what the season looks like. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online where the game starts. You do. You do. And that's the thing about this team that just makes you wonder, like, how good really can they be? And that's what's scary because now a lot of those players that you mentioned are all back except for Tracy Walker. And, you know, with the emergence of Kirby Joseph, 
you know, it makes you wonder what it would have been like if Tracy was still there. Would both of those guys have been on the field or would Kirby still kind of be on the sideline since they both are kind of free safety type bodies? So it's a lot of things that you kind of wonder. But at the end of the day, a lot of those players offensively, DJ Chark, um, Amar Ross St. Brown, um, DeAndre Swift, those guys are back, they're healthy, and the offense is scoring points. And the defense is playing well. So they've survived or weathered the storm enough to give themselves a chance. And they control, I feel like they control their own destiny right now. They got to win out and get to 10 wins, and they'll be in the playoffs. Um, And it starts this Sunday. It starts this Sunday. Got to get to that 10-win mark. Make the playoffs over the Giants and the Commanders, who we have beaten head-to-head. But to do that... They're going to need a strong performance from the offense, from the defense. Last time Jared Goff played the Vikings 277 yards, which is great. One touchdown, one interception. But Goff has really put it together the last couple weeks. If you ask him, he's playing the best football of his entire career. And I know someone who took some notice, my co-host Glover Quinn, put him as the 10th best quarterback in the NFL. I did. I did. I feel like he's been playing well. Um, you know, he's been making good decisions. He hasn't been turning the ball over. And, you know, when you look at the the, the games that the Lions have been winning these last few weeks, they haven't really been turning the ball over much. And when you don't turn the ball over, you give yourself a chance. I mean, that's really what all you can ask for is a chance. So by not giving the ball to the other team and converting on third downs, he's 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 seemed comfortable in the pocket. You know, he hasn't looked stressed out at any point, especially, you know, third and long situations. He looks calm. He looks cool. And he's made some pretty good throws. And so I felt like he's he's been playing at a at a pretty high level. So I, I felt like he needed to be in there. I think it was well-deserved. You'll see the, the stereotypical, oh, well, where's Tom Brady? Where's Aaron Rodgers? They have to be in by default. They've been so good. No, no, no. Nah, this is a I mean, what have you done for me lately league. Right. And 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 that's kind of what I look at, you know, because I feel like uh, if you don't do it that way, then how do other players get credit and get respect? And if you're not going to do it true like this, What's the point of doing the rankings anyway? If we're going to always say Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the league, then what are we talking rankings for? I get it. If we're talking overall resume, you know, career, all those type of things, yeah, Tom's probably going to be in there. But we're not really talking about that. We're literally saying who's the best quarterback right now. And, you know, yeah, you may have a history of being great, but you just you may not be having a great year. You may not be having a great year, and somebody else may be having a great year. So I think that's kind of what we're talking about when we start ranking people. Because at the end of the day, if you don't do that, like I say, we can always say Stafford's got the best arm in the league, right? We can always say that. But if he's not playing, how can we say he's the top quarterback? He's not playing. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I just kind of feel like you got to give credit to the guys who are playing and if they're playing and they're having a great year then i feel like they should be they should be up there for this year like i said if you go back and look at my uh 
uh, NFL Top 100 uh, video. When they asked me, who do you think is the best safety in the league? You know, I started out just like, are we talking about this year? Because if we're talking about this year, then I think it's me. If we're talking about, you know, overall body of career and, and things like that, then I wouldn't say I was the best at that point in time. But if we're talking about 2014, I felt like I was the best safety that played in the season 2014. And that was just how I felt about it. So that's kind of how I do my rankings. Hell yeah. It is absolutely true. Glover Quinn, the best safety in the NFL 2014. Maybe a couple other seasons as well, but uh, that's for you and the audience to judge. Regardless, love to see Jared Goff make it in that top 10. Geno Smith getting the credit where it's due as well, because as you said, if you just default to Tom Brady, Tom Brady could be 60 years old and still playing quarterback. That's right. a are we going to put Tom Brady at 60 as QB one? I highly nah, doubt it. Nah. And those guys, honestly, I, I kind of feel like if those guys are realistic and, 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 and whatever you want to call it, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, but I don't even think they would want to be in by default. No, Like I think Tom would want to like earn being, the top quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. don't just put me in there because my name is Tom, because Tom knows when he's having a good year, when he's having a down year, when he's having a, when he's, you know, battling and struggling and he's inconsistent making the play here. Like, Aaron knows, like, those guys know, right? You know, you know when you are playing at an MVP caliber level. You know when you're not. You know that stuff. So, yeah, you take it if they're going to give it to you. You know what I'm saying? But you know, deep down inside, this ain't my best year. And you have to be honest with your with yourself. If you're not honest with yourself, then you're hurting your performance, your team, everything. You have to take accountability for what's going on. Something that the Lions started to do on defense after this game, because I don't know if you remember, you and I were lamenting the fact that we ended up getting six penalties against Amani Oruwari that game. Two, mm -hmm. Only two were accepted, but that's because he allowed nine receptions for 79 yards. And a couple games later, Amani Oruwari wasn't in the starting lineup anymore. Yeah, that's, I mean, it was a tough game. It was tough to watch. And you look at how close that game was, and you look at some of those penalties and the catches and things like the Lions should have won that game. And so. Their, their secondary has been playing much better. He hasn't been in the lineup um, outside of, you know, a couple of injuries here or there. Jeff Okuda has been playing at a high level. Um, you know, they've been playing well. So I I, I I completely look for those guys to, uh, you know, probably have some type of a similar game plan. But I think AG would do, and I'm, I'm talking Coach Aaron Glenn, I think he would do a different or better job of mixing it up. I mean, I think, you know, you're still going to have to double team Justin Jefferson at times. Um, you know, you're going to have to account for TJ Hawkinson now. Right. I don't think they had to really account for a tight end um, the last time they played the Vikings. But you're going to have to account for TJ now. Um, and, you know, they're going to try to get him involved early in the game. Corner route, you know, crossing route. They're going to do something to get him a pass early in the game, being that he's coming back to where he just played. Um, a couple weeks ago. Um, but I think Aaron would do a better job of mixing it up and, 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 you know, doing different things with the play calls and stuff like that. But I think the overall scheme 
it's going to have to be somewhat the same just because of who the Vikings are and the weapons that they have. You can't let Justin Jefferson live one-on-one all day. You can't let Dalvin Cook, you know, run crazy and catch balls at the backfield and take it the distance. So I think they're going to have to try to have a similar game plan. They just got to execute a little better and a little better mixing up of the coverages. And that's what I was hoping you would say and expecting you to say, because we talked about it last time. It was Jeff Akuda and a safety the entire game, the entire four quarters. It was Jeff Akuda with a safety over top on Justin Jefferson. Jefferson probably had his worst game of the season, just 14 yards. But that means you're dedicating two players for what? 70 snaps. However many snaps the Lions defense played that game. You are a man down, essentially, on defense, taking two to one. They're going to have to do that still, but like you said, it's not going to be a 100% bracket. Sometimes they're going to mix it up, and we really can't let Adam Thielen beat us this time. Same with K.J. Osborne. Yeah, and I, and I don't know if Adam Thielen's at that point in his career um, where he can like just dominate a game like he could a few years ago. Um, so I think if they can hold down Justin Jefferson, I think they could battle with Adam Thielen. He may he may catch a couple first downs here, there, and you know move the chains, but I I, I don't see him going for you know eight to ten catches, you know one hundred and thirty to forty yards with a couple touchdowns. I don't see him having a game like that, even if they single coverage him all game. Especially now, it's going to be interesting because Amani is out of the lineup, but they've got two options at corner. They've got Jerry Jacobs and they've got Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes was kind of benched last week because of the matchup, but the week before he played really well against Stefan Diggs. So they've got two options there, two options that might be able to shut down Adam Thielen by themselves. TJ Hawkinson though, that one is going to be, I don't know if I'm quite worried, stressed, anxious, excited, There's a lot of emotions about this, seeing TJ Hawkinson come back to Detroit. Last time these two teams faced TJ Hawkinson, he only had three receptions, only 18 yards, but he did score a touchdown. It's going to be interesting, though, because the Vikings have force-fed TJ Hawkinson in ways that the Lions never did. Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to look for him. You know, that's that's Kirk's security blanket. He's going to look for the tight end. When he can't find Justin Jefferson open, he's going to look for the tight end, and it's happened to be T.J. Hawkinson. And like I said, T.J. coming back to Detroit a few weeks after being traded from Detroit, they're going to try to get him involved early. Like I said, either corner routes, over routes, um, different ways to get him the ball. You can expect that. And so um, he'll be excited. I know the, the balls will be excited, you know, He's going to want to come back and play well and show well and, you know, all those different things. So you just got to make sure you keep your eye on him and understand that they're going to try to get him the ball. So you got to take that away early. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's almost weird facing the Vikings in 2022 compared to years past because 
they don't have that much different at wide receiver. They have an upgrade at tight end with Hawkinson, but Jefferson's been there for a couple of years, KJ Osborne, Adam Thielen. But previously under Mike Zimmer, everyone knew them as the run on first down, run on second, pass on third if you have to, but hopefully we're close enough to a third, we're going to run it again. This has not happened as much with the Vikings this year, but against the Lions, they gave up over 100 yards to the two running backs. Even after Dalvin Cook left with that shoulder injury in that game, Alexander Madison still came in and was tough to take down. But the Lions' run defense has really clamped down the last couple of weeks. Right, and, and and like I was saying, that's that like when you when you look at the games week to week, it, it it's gonna be different because the teams that you're playing are different, right? When you go back and you say, "Oh, this was Justin Jefferson's worst game," it's kind of like what we were talking about last week when we were talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Uh, having given up a rushing uh, touchdown to a running back or something like that, but the quarterbacks was carving them up to the wide receivers or something like that, right? So. It's kind of the same thing, right? You say Justin Jefferson had his worst game. But the running backs went for this and that and this and that. So you can see from that that they were committing to stopping Justin Jefferson. They were committing two guys to him in the past game. So now you're, you're, you're softening your box, which makes it easier for them to run the ball. Now, like I say, if they go with the similar game plan, they're going to have some of the same scenarios. Do I think the Lions' run defense has gotten better? Yes. Um, but like I say, if you mix it up, if you mix it up and you make things look the same, then they don't know if you're playing a double team. They don't know if you've got a stacked box. They don't know it all the time. So that's why I say I think the second time around we'll get a better mix of the coverages and things like that to where the Minnesota Vikings won't know when he's doubled, when he's not, when he's bracketed, when he's not, when they got eight men in the box, when they don't. And that will help the Lions. It will, because we've said this time and time again, Kirk Cousins is always just one confused play away from a pick six, from taking a knee when he's supposed to spike the ball, just those kinds of things. Kirk Cousins is someone you can exploit with confusion. And hopefully the Lions are able to do that. And hopefully they're able to put up even more points than the 24 they scored last time. I really think that they can because their top corner, Patrick Peterson, he's still dealing with the flu, some sort of illness. Him versus DJ Chark on the outside almost feels like a mismatch based on the health implications and the way Chark played last week. Amon Ross St. Brown, this game was also, we talked about all the injuries. This was the game that he ended his eight reception streak, but that kind of ended up being a good thing, all things considered, because he went from eight for 60, eight for 72 to eight for 113, eight for 119. So life is good now, and I just hope that the offense can put it together. I think I think they will. I think the Lions offense is rolling right now. Those guys are back healthy. And so they put up 24 last game. And, you know, those guys were hurt. Amon got hurt in the game. Swift got hurt. Like, those guys were hurt. So those guys being healthy, I think the Lions put up another 32, 34, 36, 35, however you want to do it. Yeah. I think they put up another 30, 30 plus, And I don't see the – the Lions defense hasn't been giving up that many points. 
And so I, I can see the Lions getting the win again. Oh, that makes me so happy. I'm so excited. Want to touch on Swift for a moment here because last week he was full in practice, but you told us eh, that's not as big of a deal as people are making it sound. All that means is they're not going to limit any of his reps any single day. He still has the ankle. He still has the shoulder. So then everyone starts freaking out on Wednesday when DeAndre Swift gets a limited in practice. They don't list the shoulder. They just list the ankle. And then yesterday comes around and he practices in full. So are we really surprised that a guy who's probably 85, 90% healthy after going for over 100 yards from scrimmage is taking a light Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, that's what you're going to get. I mean, it's the end of the season, right? It's, it's, it's week, what, 13? Yeah. They got like four or five weeks left, right? So, yeah, you're going to start seeing more things like that. Give guys a little break on Wednesday. And, you know, had he never been injured and they just wanted to give him a veteran day and they just cut some of his reps, they wouldn't even have to report that to the, you know. That's what um, I was thinking because we've they seen. They wouldn't like- even have to report that. But the fact that he's been dealing with injuries and his ankle may have been a little sore or they just wanted to give him a break from it, then you kind of, if he's not practicing full, and he's not like a 10-year, 12-year vet. You know what I'm saying? You gotta you gotta list him as you know limited and put a reason on there. So that's where that comes from. Even if it's you're missing one drill, if there's one drill that you're not doing or you're taking half reps in one drill, you gotta list it because otherwise the NFL can come in and find the team. They won't take away draft picks typically for that kind of infraction, but you don't want to piss off the NFL when all you have to do is say, yeah, he's he's limited today. Whereas right. Taylor Decker, you see him, he'll have a non-practice and it'll be a rest day. He's yeah. probably hurting too, though. Right, right. But the fact that he hasn't been injured, so to say, or on the injury report or however, it, it, you know, and maybe he has been, I don't know. But the fact that he's just a, a veteran and they just giving him a rest day, then, yeah, they can just put, hey, He's non-participant rest day. But if Swift is going to practice some, we're not giving him a full rest day, but we're just going to limit him. Then we're going to have to put him down as limited. All things considered, nothing to worry about with DeAndre Swift. We still expect no, he'll to be see ready to go. Perfect. We expect to see a healthy dose of him. Probably a healthy dose of Jamal Williams as well. He scored two touchdowns last time against the Minnesota Vikings. He averaged 4.4 yards per carry as well. So, I know we're going to see more DeAndre Swift, but Jamal Williams is still there. So we got to make sure we give him the hat tip as well. Oh, yeah. Jamal Williams is having, you know, I mean, I want to see him, you know, I want to see him get a carry from about the 30-yard line and break it and, and get a touchdown because, you know, a lot of his touchdowns are inside the five, you know, inside the, you know, short yardage. So I want to see him actually get one, you know, a short yardage play or something like that around the 30-yard line, break free, and then run him a 30-yard touchdown. That'll put a cap to his um, to his season because he got, you know, 13 or so touchdowns. You know, you look at his rate, he's probably getting one to one and a half touchdowns a game when you, when you talk average, right? So we'll say every three games, he's probably getting two touchdowns. I mean, three – every – two games he's probably getting three touchdowns in a, in a sense um so you would have to say with 13 with four five games left to play 
I mean, you can see him scoring another seven, six, seven touchdowns. He may get 20. He I mean, could. he got five games to play. And I know there's some tough games, right? Minnesota's defense is tough. The Jets' defense would be tough. But after that, Carolina, you might can get a couple on Carolina. You know, Chicago, you might can get a couple on Chicago. And then Green Bay in week 18, if Green Bay has nothing to play for and the Lions do, you might can get, you know what I'm saying? So he might can get one of those games he'll go for two, you know what I'm saying, two touchdowns. So that's four. He only need, what, seven to get to yeah. 20? I mean, he might could do it. That would just be the ultimate way to end such a dominant season for Jamal Williams. So happy for him. And talking about carrying things through to the end of the year, the Lions, we want them to win out so that they can secure the playoff spot. However, we were also kind of hoping that the Rams would lose out to just increase that draft pick without actually having to worry about the Lions. No one wants to root for the Lions to lose, and it was nice that we didn't have to. But now, Baker Mayfield comes in for the Rams, leads a 98-yard game-winning drive over the Raiders, who their last two losses, they went on a three-game win streak before last night. They lost to a quarterback who had one day of practice and a coach who had, I think, three practices in seven days with the team. Tough. Those are games that you you look back and you look at how the Raiders started out and how awful they were, and to put together a string of games, and you win three of them, but you could have won five of them, and you would have been right there in the playoff race. You know, with five five games left to play, but when you drop a game like that last night, people never used to believe me when I used to say the same things coaches say: "You are what your record says you are." So, if you are a two and five team, you're two and five. That means you're probably not great right now. So, when you get in close games like last night, you lose those games. You don't find a way to win those games. And like I was saying before we got on, most games in the NFL are lost rather than won. And, yeah, the Rams went on a 98-plate, 98-yard drive, but you look, they had a pass interference on the interception. They had a personal foul on a big sack. We're just knocking the ball out of his hand, right? And then some of the play calling just, you know, they trying to score a touchdown. You go on zero blitz and not like they just they just lost the game. The Rams did what they had to do, but the Raiders lost the game. They did. They really did. Baker Mayfield talking about the final throw of the game could not believe with what was it? Fifteen seconds left that they lined up in press man. Press man, and it looked like zero coverage. Yeah. Like it looked like they were like anytime you play impressed, man, you definitely don't want to. I mean, anytime you're playing zero, you don't want to be impressed because you're playing zero. So let me explain this. <laughs> so you're playing zero coverage, but zero coverage means we're blitzing everybody. Zero coverage means we're blitzing everybody and you have zero help, right? So when you play cover one, you have, for the most part, one guy to help you. Generally, it's the free safety. 
right? He's in the middle of the field. It's cover one. Um, that's a man-to-man. Cover two is obviously a zone. That means you got two deep defenders. Cover three is a zone. You got three deep defenders. Cover four is a zone. You got four deep defenders. Cover one is a man-to-man, right? But you can run a man-to-man with a low-hole defender as well, right? So you can have some help. When you go cover zero, there's zero help. That means we're blitzing all our linebackers and all our DBs are probably covering. So if they got two wide receivers, we got two corners. They got a tight end, we got a safety. They got a running back, we got another safety, right? So the DBs are covering, right? So when you do that, you're putting pressure on the quarterback and you're expecting the ball to come out right now, right? Because we're sending more guys than they can block. So if the quarterback holds on to the ball, then he's going to get a sack. If he throw the ball quickly, we want to see the ball and go make a play. So if we play press, we give the quarterback an easy read. He's just going to throw the deep ball. He's going to throw the fade because you're not going to see it. But if we play off, now the quarterback got to throw the ball in front of him. He's not going to throw the fade, which you plan off, because you're going to clearly see the ball. You go catch an interception, right? So that's why you play off. You play inside so you can take away the slants, right? Because a lot of times when they when you're blitzing, quarterbacks want to make the easy throw right so that's why they call they see the hot read right so when that when that wide receiver see that his guy blitz he just runs the quick little hot route quarterback throws him a quick pass and then the safety or whoever's covering that guy is playing off too far and they got a tough tackle so you want to play off you want to tuck inside to take away that easy throw make him throw it all the way to the outside if he can throw it all the way to the outside you let him do it and you push him out of bounds or you tackle him and you keep playing but you take away the inside and you play off. And the Rams, they lined up in zero coverage and they play press man. And then he don't even get a jam on him. Shuffles inside, let him release his outside, and it's over. It's over. Like, it's literally over. There's nobody back there to help you. Just confusing, shocking, all sorts of words to describe that game. Raiders have to be disappointed, but they found a way to lose that game. You cannot be disappointed in anyone but yourselves. That game reminded me, you know, just seeing that part right there, that that reminded me of like the lines when I was there in 2015. You know, we started out like one and six, battled our way back to give ourselves a chance to have a shot at a playoff. And then we have the Hail Mary game against Green Bay. And it was aided by a personal foul face mask penalty that the refs called. And you're right there on the brink of giving yourself a chance to to, to be in the playoff. And then you lose a game like we lost on the Hail Mary on the last play. That wasn't a Hail Mary, but it was kind of like the same thing. You're right there on the brink. You got the game won. We had Green Bay beat all game. Yeah, one play at the end of the game derails your season. But, like I was saying, we wasn't a very good team that year. And the Raiders are not a very good team right now. Yeah, they played well in stretches. We played well in some stretches. But we just wasn't a very good team, and we saw that last night. And we're hoping that the Lions can be a good team down the stretch and be what their record is as a 10-win team. 
while rooting for the Lions, we're also going to be rooting against some teams hoping for that playoff run. We're rooting for the Eagles to put a beating on the Giants, send them to 7-5-1. and one. That would be lovely. We're also, we'd be all right if the Seahawks lost to the Panthers. It'd send them to 7-6, and six, but they're not as competitive with the Lions because the Lions have a uh, lost the game to Seattle. But then there's Washington on the bye, who doesn't play this week. And there's the Falcons, who seem they've accepted that they're not a playoff team. They told us for weeks, for months, that as long as we're in the playoff hunt, Marcus Mariota is our starter. They're still technically in the playoff hunt, but Marcus Mariota is no longer their starter. He's been benched for rookie third-round pick Desmond Ritter. Yeah, they don't tile in. Yeah. And I don't know why, because Tampa Bay isn't great. Like, that division, with five games left to go, that division can go either way. I mean, the Saints could come back and win that division. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not a great football team this year. They're just not. With five games to go, Atlanta, you're right there. Literally right there. But I don't know. Maybe they feel like he gives them a better chance than than Marcus Mariota. So we'll see. We'll see come Sunday. And like I said, I'm really uh I'm really just worried about those games that affect the lines and you know, hopefully they can figure figure out a way to get in this thing, man. Let's hope. I am excited to see this stretch. Rooting for the Eagles, which uh I'm a, I like the Eagles. They're an, an easy team to root for this year. Rooting for the uh rooting for the Panthers. Eh, I mean, that's going to be a tough one, but they could do it. They, they could. could. They could. And if the Lions win this week and the Lions beat the Jets next week, they're a 7 and 7 team. With 3 games to go. Against Three losing teams, the Panthers, the Bears, and the Packers. Lions are this close to a 500 record and this close to a playoff berth. Glover, before we get you out of here, final question. You said that the Lions are going to score over 30. What's your final score for this game? 31-21. The Lions. Let's go. One pride. Restore the roar. Get that W. Playoff atmosphere against the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if the Vikings are, or sorry, if the Lions are still two and a half point favorites, but I couldn't believe that the Vikings were underdogs to the Lions at first. Obviously, I think they should be, but I didn't expect Vegas to go that far. They did. They went that far. And I'm I'm glad of it. You know, I just hope the Lions you know, go out and take care of business. You know what I'm saying? So I, four fields is going to be rocking. The players are going to be excited. They know what's at stake. It'll be a good game. The Lions, Lions are winning 31-21. 31-21. And if you're placing that bet, make sure you do it over at betonline.ag. Glover, any final thoughts, pluggables to plug, or are we going out on the Lions with a 10-point victory? We're going out with the Lions on a 10-point victory. Woo! I'm calling it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.